0: On election night in 2020, Fox News made the first formal projection suggesting that Joe Biden could win the presidency.
1: The Fox News
2: decision desk is calling Arizona for Joe Biden. That is a big get for the Biden campaign.
0: That projection set off a firestorm in the White House, capped by then-president Donald Trump, suggesting that night that the election was stolen. The backlash in Arizona came swiftly. Protesters gathered at the state capitol, claiming a stolen election, even as the votes were still being counted. Maricopa County became the national epicenter of the so-called big lie that widespread fraud allowed Biden to claim victory.
1: In Arizona overnight, hundreds of Trump supporters, some armed, gathered outside a Phoenix election center, saying the election was being stolen from the president. Inside, nearly 400,000 mail-in and in-person ballots were being counted, protesters there looking to keep the count going as the race tightens.
0: In December 2020, the Arizona Republican Party assembled alternate electors to justify setting aside election results in Washington, D.C. About the same time, Arizona State Senate President Karen Fann, a Republican, set her chamber on a fateful path as well she led an unprecedented review of maricopa county's ballots in search of the fraud so many had claimed in arizona the clock is ticking for that election audit to wrap up it's not even close to done yet but the group has to pack up and move out of veterans memorial coliseum to make room for high school graduations that are already planned there Our accuracy election. is much more important than speed here's what we know about who's paying for
2: what According to audit liaison Ken Bennett, the state senate is paying
1: $150,000 in taxpayer money and no more for the total audit. Outside, gathering reaction for you. And after three months of work at the state fairgrounds, 2.1 million ballots have been examined. Days of court wrangling. And it all comes down to right now as the Arizona State Senate receives the results of their forensic audit of the Maricopa County vote. So let's start security.
2: Well, now, after months of work and millions of dollars spent, the latest audit arrived at the exact same result. Joe Biden won Maricopa County. In fact, the latest tally found more votes for President Biden and fewer votes for former President Trump.
0: Welcome to The Gaggle, an Arizona politics podcast by the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. I'm your host, Ron Hansen. I cover national politics for the Republic. Today, we're discussing the year since the so-called Arizona audit ended. Did it accomplish anything? And are Republicans ready to accept the results of November's elections, win or lose? To help answer that, I'm joined by Arizona Republic reporters Mary Jo Pitzel and Robert Anglin, who helped cover the ballot review and the fallout since then. Mary Jo, Robert, welcome back to the show.
1: Happy to be here.
0: Thanks. Great to be here. So a year ago, fans' ballot review commanded the national spotlight, and it ended with a fizzle. Doug Logan, the CEO of the Cyber Ninjas company that carried out the recount, conceded Joe Biden won Maricopa County. In fact, he thinks Biden won by a few more votes than county officials did. Fan handed off her findings to Attorney General Mark Burnovich, and the legislature took up a few election-related bills after that. Robert, what did Burnovich's office do with the Senate's report? So far,
2: they're investigating it, which is to say nothing much has come out of Bernovich's office regarding the report. But when you talk about the report, yes, it concluded the audit that Joe Biden won, but in the end, that wasn't what the report was about. Rather, it was about all these things they said was were wrong with the election system in Maricopa County. So it created this, it, it sowed seeds of doubt about the election process in Arizona.
1: I will note that Brinovich has issued um, a couple of statements about the report that was sent to his office earlier. He said that he found uh, serious misgivings, um, which... Uh, required more investigation. And then about six weeks ago, he issued a report where they had looked into allegations of alleged dead voters and found out that of all the alleged dead voters that were submitted for having cast ballots, they found one. So it was a bit of a debunking of some of the complaints that have come across.
0: Robert, you referred to this as being more than just the vote totals. This is getting to the credibility of the election process itself. Mary Jo, you just referenced the lack of dead voters that they could identify out of all this. So where do we stand a year later in terms of the overall administrative uh, effort by the Maricopa County Recorder's Office in 2020 and with confidence in the election process in 2022?
1: Well, I would say that the confidence in the 2022 elections sort of depends on where you stand. Um, There are a fair number of very vocal um, election skeptics, uh, many of whom are running for state office, including for governor, secretary of state, attorney general, um, etc., Others say everything's fine. I mean, we just had a primary election August 2nd that there were some problems down in Pinal County, but that was not the focus of of this audit. Um, It seemed to go off very well in Maricopa County.
2: Although the county recorder is taking and has just been censured by the Republican Party, the vocal part of the Republican Party, claiming that he didn't run the primary very well. Mary Jo's right. This is really about who you ask. Now, the Maricopa County Elections Department has debunked repeatedly the claims made by the the auditor and, and some of the election deniers. But here they are claiming, again, that the election is broken, that the system is broken, and they want to dial. I mean, they want to roll back years of progress in terms of how Arizona has handled elections. They want to do away with early voting. They want to implement a hand count Uh, some of the people who are now running for, by the way, secretary of state, the people who control the elections in Arizona.
0: Let's talk about some of the other they, that being the legislature. Mary Jo, what did the legislature do on voting-related matters after the Arizona ballot review was completed?
1: Oh, they came in with a blizzard of bills. I think by our count, there were more than 100 pieces of legislation introduced dealing with election administration and procedures got a lot of talk, but very little action. Most of these bills died, thanks largely to House Speaker Rusty Bowers, who just said a lot of this was was not well-founded. Famously, there was one bill that would have basically returned things to, as the sponsor said, uh, the way things were in 1958. Um, Bowers assigned that not just to one committee, but to every House committee. It was a not-so-subtle way of saying that this thing is a ridiculous bill. It's not going to go anywhere. Two bills of note did pass, but um, neither of them will have any effect on this year's elections. And again, that was the intent of lawmakers. They wanted to get stuff on the books so that the 2022 election could sort of be a test case for 2024. But nothing's going to change in our election procedures. The two bills that did pass uh, are subject to lawsuits, and uh, we'll see what happens to them down the road.
2: I love the fact that Mary Jo called it a blizzard of legislation because the impact of it is it would chill the election process,
0: freeze it cold. So, to be clear though, Mary Jo, I think if I heard you correctly, voting as a process, as an administrative exercise, once the ballots are collected, is there any significant difference between how we voted in 2020 and how we'll vote in 2022?
1: Not procedurally people may respond differently. And we saw that um, in the primary. We saw more Republicans choosing to vote at the polls uh, as opposed to mailing in the early ballot. But procedurally, no, nothing's going to change.
0: So talk about that part uh, just a bit. You alluded to the idea that Republicans changed the manner of voting uh, uh, around the edges, it sounds like, Talk about how that changes the way that ballots will be counted in the end and how much of a change we're talking about.
1: Sure. Well, look no farther than Pinal County. Um, they had they ran out of the paper on which to print ballots. Why did that happen? Because they had more people, more, more voters showing up to vote in person than they anticipated. And most of these, I believe, were people who had been mailed early ballots, uh, but opted to leave them behind, uh, showing their distrust in the mail-in system. And they showed up at the polls to vote uh, a ballot there, which is certainly their right. Um, So that's one thing that's sort of shown up. Um, We don't have stats statewide compiled yet, but in Maricopa County, about 10% of the Republican vote came in at the polls on Election Day, compared to about 2.7% for Democrats. So there was a shift there. And I think in response, um, elections offices are going to make sure that they have a lot of ballots on hand on Election Day and prepare for longer lines at the polls than perhaps they're used to seeing.
2: And Pinal County voters showed up in droves in person as a direct response to GOP calls for the elimination of early balloting, that you can't trust it. So it's best to get there in person. And as a consequence, Pinal County cratered on election day on the primary.
0: So what about Democrats? Did they change the way that they are voting these days?
1: Well, I think Democrats, as the primary showed, they voted consistent with the way they voted in the 2020 election. And that was a big sea change for Democrats. They tend to vote more at the polls and less at, uh, well, I should say, everybody votes. Most people vote by early ballot, period. It was 80, I think. 87% 87% statewide for the early vote. But Democrats tended to not use that system as much as Republicans. That changed in 2020 because of the pandemic, because they wanted to lock their vote in early, because of the consequences of the presidential election. And what we've seen in the primary is that Democrats um, are showing up at, uh, they're, they're using that early ballot, mailing it in um, more frequently, We'll find out in the general if that is a trend that's going to stick. But I'll tell you that the messaging coming from the Democratic Party and Democratic candidates is get that ballot, mark it, and mail it in.
2: Election officials also are maintaining that the system is safe, and they're encouraging people to vote the way they always have.
0: There's never been any legitimate reason to question the 2020 election results in Arizona, but that didn't stop a lot of people from doing so. This year, we have what could be a very tight gubernatorial election between election denier Carrie Lake for the Republicans and Katie Hobbs, the Democratic Secretary of State, whose office will be overseeing the results tallied by the state's 15 counties. It seems inevitable that if this election is even close, Hobbs will be accused of cheating. Mary Jo, how are they preparing for something that is optically worrisome and potentially really sort of leading to a a very troubling narrative.
1: At that at this point I'm not seeing much that's much different from what that office has done in the past, which is a lot of messaging, pushing out a lot of information on how to make sure that you're you're registered to vote, where you know, where you can go to find your polls. Here's the information about the candidates. Um, that's sort of standard pro forma. And I think it's important to note and remember that it's the counties that run the elections. They're the ones that, you know, pass out the ballots and count the ballots. The state, Secretary of State, oversees that process. Perhaps you're right, um, given Hobbs's current role as Secretary of State, it probably is inevitable that some scrutiny will fall on her. But um, we'll have to have some evidence that if something went wrong in Gila County, why is that necessarily the fault of the Secretary of State?
2: guys Carrie lake actually said in the primary that there was fraud ahead of the vote and then she said we beat the fraud when when the primary results came in so there was only fraud if she was going to lose or she outperformed the fraud if she won and there's still to this day not a lick of evidence of it
0: there are other election deniers on the ballot as well most notably republican state representative mark fincham who's vying to be Secretary of State. He's running against Democrat Adrian Fontes, the man who headed the Maricopa County election results that even Republicans grudgingly affirmed. So is Fincham willing to accept defeat if it happens?
1: Um, No, not if he picks up, as he said, any evidence of impropriety. Um, So we will see. He's running as an election skeptic and he's pushing election integrity, which appears to, in his book, be a call to follow the law. But the law was followed in 2020. The audits back that up. Other audits have backed that up. And there has been no proof to the contrary. Um, But uh, if it's close close on that Secretary of State race, as with the governor's race and probably others, um, I would expect that there will be a, a lot of people not accepting the results.
0: Robert, you've looked into Fincham's background. He has been one of the more steadfast election deniers for an election that didn't really involve him. He was safely elected to the position he currently holds. This time, he has truly uh, an interest in how this election is uh, received. He is trying to be the Secretary of State. Based on your uh, look at his record, should we expect that he's going to do the right thing if the election goes against him?
2: I don't think so. If I if do the right thing, you mean accept the results. If the election's close, I don't suspect that Mark Fincham will accept them. However, he does cast himself as a law and order Republican. So I suspect that what he will do is immediately find some way to question the results. That's been his kind of his guiding way, his North Star right now. And when you say he wasn't directly involved in the 2020 elections... Well, if you step back and look at his involvement in the Stop the Steal movement, a different portrait emerges. Mr. Fincham helped organize the meeting, the now infamous meeting at the Hyatt Hotel in Phoenix between Arizona lawmakers and Rudy Giuliani and the Sidney Powell camp that came up with this idea or several ideas about how to challenge the election results, which includes the audit and now the fake electors scheme that's being investigated by both the Department of Justice, and the select committee on the attack on January 6th. Mr. Fincham also was at the Capitol on January 6th
0: supporting those efforts, to put it mildly. Even before the ballot review ended, the Arizona Republic and others tried to get records reflecting how this whole thing came together. Where do we stand on complying with records being released and, and those kinds of matters?
2: Do you want to laugh,
0: Mary Jo, or do I?
2: And it's a, it's a serious issue. I, I'm being sarcastic, but the Arizona Republic last year sued, sued the legislature and sued Cyber Ninjas, along with another um, nonprofit government watchdog group called American Oversight. Courts have ruled in our favor that we are entitled to those documents. And by we, I mean the public. They are saying that these audit records are fundamental to the function of democracy. But we, we have fought for more than a year in court to free up those records, we have won very important decisions legally. Do we have the records?
0: A fraction of them. And what do we think that those records would show or shed light on?
2: Well, we already know some of what they show. The, the thumbnail of documents that we've got versus the totality that we believe are out there showed already that there was intense partisanship, that this was not an, a bipartisan audit, that this was, it was chock full of people with conflicts who set out to to create an outcome that the record simply wouldn't let them do. Um, We have communications where we have partisan actors um, working inside the audit, people who supported Trump, collected money for Trump, were now working for Trump in some cases, helping to run the audit, and people who are now the subject of Department of Injustice investigations for their efforts to overturn elections, not just here, but other places.
1: Because I think there's great reader interest in it that the cyber ninjas um, and, and now, which is, which is dissolved, so now it falls to Doug Logan and his wife, they are subject to a $50,000 a day daily penalty for failure to produce records. The courts have uh, said you've got you've to step this up and release them and release a privilege law for, to explain why certain records are not going to be um, released. And the state Supreme Court just last month um, ruled that the legislature does have immunity um, on the extent to which they have to release records that they generated uh, regarding the audit, which will probably uh, not allow us to get a full picture of what was going on when the audit was being formed in early 2021.
0: Speaking of Doug Logan, uh, he remains in the news, Robert. Uh, what is going on with him these days?
2: Well, Doug Logan is under criminal investigation in Michigan and a second investigation in Georgia. Mr. Logan came to Arizona last year and, and on the premise that he could run a bipartisan audit, a, a conflict-free audit. It turns out he was engaged in efforts already when he came here. Within days of coming here, he had already been tapped to do to go to other states and get a hold of voting machines in Michigan and Georgia and and somehow find out if there was they were altered. So he was already working for Trump operatives to, to question audit results in other states when he came here. And now he is, Mr. Logan, is the subject of, of at least two investigations, one in Michigan and another in Georgia, for those efforts to illegally obtain Voting machines, dism- illegally voting, uh, dismantling them are among the allegations.
0: The audit is over. It's been over for a year, but obviously the accounting for what happened is still an open matter. This is also not finished with the legislature, but we're seeing at least a change in the cast of characters. Mary Jo, talk about Karen Fan's immediate future and, and what that means for any of the other related It matters with this investigation.
1: Karen Phan will leave the Senate presidency in early January. Um, I've asked her before if she thinks that the audit will outlast her tenure. She says she doesn't know, but given that it's uh, mid-September and we still don't have anything out of the Attorney General's office, to me, it's quite clear that questions about the 2020 election and any kind of follow-up action is going to bleed into 2023, that means we'll have a new Senate president. Um, I don't know how that individual um, will handle the audit going forward. We're not sure who will be the next Senate president, possibly Senator David Gowan, possibly Senator Warren Peterson. If it's Peterson, he walked away, stepped back from his role as a judiciary chairman to oversee the results of the audit. And don't forget, it'll be a new legislative session with a whole bunch of new lawmakers. um, And I'll bet you a whole bunch of new election integrity bills. And no Rusty Bowers.
0: Thanks to both of you for chatting with us today. If people want to follow your work, where can they find you on Twitter?
1: At Mary J. Pitzel, P-I-T-Z-L.
0: Yeah, at
2: Robert Anglin, A-N-G-L-E-N.
0: That is it for today, Gaggle listeners. Do you have questions about Arizona's political landscape? Contact us at thegaggle at arizonarepublic.com. That's one word, all spelled out. Or leave us a message at 602-444-0804. And don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Ronald J. Hansen. That's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Amanda Luberto. You can follow her at Amanda Luberto, L-U-B-E-R-T-O. Thanks for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.